G'day everyone, welcome to this week's edition of the Road Less Travelled podcast. Nikki Shea back with you again this week. Thanks so much too for those people who have sent in some emails and some SMSs giving us some indication of how we're going with the show, some interesting topics that they'd like us to look at in the future. So thank you very much. If you'd like to be one of those people who interacts, drop us an email, fatcat at iinet.net.au. We can SMS 042-752-8467. And all the episodes of the Road Less Travel podcast you can find by heading to our website, fatcatmedia.com.au. That's fatcat with a P-H-A-T-C-A-T. This week I thought we we probably should have done this in our one of our first episodes, but hey, it's better late than never. I thought we'd look at a Camping 101, which is the gear you need before you even hit the road. A lot of people have and some great kit out there. And another good idea is when you're actually out camping or you're in a caravan park or wherever you may be, people love to show you their setups. And um, we've been on both sides of this equation where you set up in a caravan park and people come over and start having a chat you and you can show them little bits and pieces that you pick up along the way you know whether it's a knife set or you know how you how you set up your kitchen all those types of things and on the um conversely on the other side we've been in caravan parks where people have been more than happy to show us their setups and it uh, gives you great ideas and great incentives so we thought this week we'd have a look at the gear you need before you hit the road And the comfort of your chair and how well your fridge runs are frequent topics up for discussion around campsites. Now, barbecue tips are another hot favourite, whether you want them or not, along with how much time it takes you to set up. To help you keep up with it all, it's our guide, the following, to pick pick the right gear for your style of venturing. And I guess firstly, it should be choosing your camping style. Your first consideration should be what kind of camper you want to buy. Now, city slickers who've never been camping before may want to start out small with a tent. It's a sensible option, just don't opt for the cheapest brand. Although you may use it only just once and once a year, a quality tent will make it all the difference when it comes to keeping you dry and warm. If you love hiking and want to stay in a remote location, you'll need a tent that's light enough to carry on your back. There's brands such as Kathmandu and McPhee and McPack, rather, who specialise in hiking tents, and you can show how trendy you are by setting up a cool tent-style tent, tent um, that hangs between the trees like a hammock. The traditional Aussie swag is a smart choice for nights when you simply need to pull the car over and roll out your bedding. It makes for an awesome option if you're dune camping too. Couples need to note that swags do come in doubles. If you're new to the touring world and want more than a tent, motorhomes are a great investment. Although they are large, they can be expensive. They're relatively an easy option and you don't need to worry about pitch, uh, about pitching, towing or chocking wheels. You just stock up the pantry and fridge and hit the road. Travellers who get a thrill out of venturing down dirt roads or over sand dunes will be best suited to an off-road camper trailer. There is a multitude of brands and sizes on the market and one of your biggest considerations will be the towing capacity of your vehicle which will also determine the size and weight of the trailer. Trailers come in various configurations too such as separate wings for children so do your research and find the right one for you. The last option is a caravan and here it's easy to be very overwhelmed. The first thing to consider is size. How many beds do you need and do you want a shower and a toilet or you're happy to stay in holiday parks? Then you'll want to think about the ease of setting up. Do you want a caravan that has expandable beds or a pop top or are you happy with a small setup so you can climb into it on a last minute stop? Camp kitchens, you know I love camp kitchens. No matter what you set up, 
It's always nice to have an outdoor camp kitchen and by this we mean a table, chairs, barbecue and extra refrigeration. If you're camping, you want an esky and as a general rule, you want to pay the better quality, the cooler will be and the longer your food and ice will stay cold. If you're a car camper, it's worth splurging on a four-wheel drive fridge such as a Waco or Engel. These run on 12-volt power sockets in the car and are a fantastic option for ensuring your spinach won't wilt and your sausages will be kept frozen until it's barbie time. A four-wheel drive fridge is a fantastic backup for caravanners too. Although most modern caravans have these three-way fridges, which is the 12-volt, 240-volt and gas, unless you're travelling in a large caravan, you'll find that it may struggle, you may rather, struggle to fit all your fresh groceries in. And plus, if you journey through Australia's extreme heat, the caravan fridge may struggle to keep cool and you'll be thankful you have a a second option. When it comes to cooking outdoors, there are plenty of options from small barbecues, the Weber BBQ is a popular choice, to these little funky butane gas cookers that are simply great to take to the beach for a seaside cook-up. Hikers too will also appreciate the compact size and lightweight of a one-burner stove, while many caravanners like to carry cast-iron camp ovens so they can swap the van kitchen for a campfire every now and then. Leading the pack when it comes to camp kitchens are camper trailers with nifty slide-out benches. You can expect plenty of oohs and ahs when you spot a fellow camper easily pulling out a bench that's ready to go with a gas stove and a wash basin. A small card table is a necessity for easy meals. Pick one with adjustable legs so you're not struggling to reach your dinner plate and can make the table level on bumpy campsites. And another thing too is camp chair envy. It is a real thing. And the best way to avoid looking looking longingly at your buddies around the camp kitchen is to test them out in a store before buying. That's the chair, not your friends. Prices for chairs will vary from 30 bucks to 200 bucks, and you'll find the most expensive styles have more padding and support as well as novelty features such as mini coolers in the in their armrests. They've got drink holders and footstools. Don't get caught up in all the extra hype though. The bulkier your chair is, the harder it will be to squeeze into your vehicle. Trust me, I know. When it comes to lighting, headlamps are a stable and very, well, they vary hugely in price too. If you're starting out, opt for one with a mid-range model for about 60 bucks. It will give out a strong beam of light so you don't get lost on your way to the loo at night. Headlamps are also a great accessory to get young kids excited about their first camping trip and there are plenty of fun animal shapes too. For the campsite, you can buy everything from battery-powered lights that hang from your awning to LED vintage-look lanterns. Some lights even come with a USB socket so you can charge your mobile phone while reading in your tent. A good torch, such as a reliable mag light, is also a must, while the van life lovers may want to add a string of fairy lights to their kit for that extra sparkle. Now, we all love cooking on the road, well, some more than others, and there's fantastic books out there. There's little um, podcasts just on cooking on the road that you can do, that, that you can listen to as well. There's a good book out at the moment called Wild Adventurer Cookbook by Sarah Glover, and you can find it on her website, sarahglover.com.au. Out of that one comes the Nutella pancakes. I don't know if you like Nutella or not. I'm not a fan. Others in my family are. Here's some ingredients for you. A cup of plain flour, a teaspoon of caster sugar, half a cup of milk, two eggs, five bananas peeled and halved lengthways, half a cup of coconut sugar, no, that's third of a cup rather of coconut sugar, one cup of coconut milk, butter and Nutella. Now, 
You put the flour, sugar, milk and eggs in a jar and shake well to combine almost like a cocktail. Let the batter sit for about an hour. You heat your frying pan on a medium flame. When hot, then add the bananas and coconut sugar and allow each side each side really to caramelize. This should take about one to two minutes. Only turn them once. Add the coconut milk and simmer for four minutes or until slightly thickened and reduced, then put it aside. You heat a non-stick frying pan on a high flame and add a little butter. Pour in enough pancake batter to form a thin layer and tilt the pan to evenly coat the base. Cook for one minute or until bubbles start to appear, then flip over and cook the other side until golden. You then smear Nutella over each pancake and serve with caramelized or fresh banana and some of the coconut banana broth. It feeds a family of five, and that is Nutella Pancakes, straight out of the cookbook of the Wild Adventure Cookbook by Sarah Glover, available, as I said, on her website. Now, with the price of everything going through the roof, it's never been more fashionable to be frugal, and that applies even more so when you're travelling. I've got some simple ways to cut down on expenses and I guess it comes down to discounts and good deals, sort of how to find them and make the most of them. When you're planning a big trip, building a budget is one of the most important steps. The good news is many of the cards in your wallet or purse already entitle you to bargains. So while you join an auto club such as the RACV, the RACQ, RAA, NRMA, For the breakdown assistance, the membership card can also unlock deals including discounts on fuel, attraction tickets, travel insurance, car hire, airport parking and free accommodation. Now check the website or members magazine for details. Hundreds of independent hotels and the caravan parks around the country offer these discounts to the club members and they aren't always publicised so it pays to ask every time you check in. If you are over 60 and have a seniors card, you'll be eligible for a raft of travel savings, from 15 to 20% off hotel stays and car hire, to free entry into museums and good discounts on package tours. Most credit cards these days offer free travel insurance as long as you pay for the travel with your card. And check the details of your health insurance policy too, because some of them, such as Australian Unity, offer discounts on flights, car hire, tours, accommodation and attractions. So do other many trade unions. So how else can you make the most of your money? Loyalty clubs, um, when I mean loyalty loyalty clubs, many caravan parks, such as like the Discovery Parks, the Top Parks and Big Four, they offer these little loyalty clubs. There's a joining fee of about 40 and 50 bucks, uh, sometimes I think they're for about two years. But in return, you get a 10% discount per night. Um, you get money off local attractions and a range of other deals and promotions, and it can be up to 50% off. Hotel chains too, they also offer loyalty schemes, and the value lies in the membership perks, such as the discounts on room rates, early check-in and late check-out, free Wi-Fi, that type of thing. The tour and cruise company like APT uh, automatically signs up all travellers to its club. After two trips, perks include free private airport transfers, uh, scenic club includes free luggage offers, uh, vouchers, limousine transfers and hotel stays. Booking sites such as Expedia.com.au, they offer points that can be redeemed for hotel stays and members-only prices. While Hotels.com gives a free night for every 10 booked and up to 50% off selected stays if you are a rewards member. 
Subscription to website newsletters too to find out about the latest offers. For example, holidayswithkids.com.au. They have exclusive deals on up to half price, I think it was, on family-friendly accommodation and tours. Places like yourlifechoices.com.au is a great great one for seniors travel. And travelzoo.com searches more than 2,000 companies worldwide to compile a top 20 deal for its weekly newsletter. Or, how does a road trip in a hired camper van from Adelaide to Perth for a dollar a day sound? Hire car companies need help relocating vehicles, so offer them at a nominal rate. Uh, Sometimes they even throw in fuel vouchers too, but you don't know if you don't ask. Comparison sites such as vroomvroomvroom.com.au, rentalcorrellocation.com and drivenow.com.au have relocation pages showing what's available or sign up for alerts. And also for history buffs like myself, you can join the National Trust to get free or discounted admission to over 180 historic buildings around Australia, plus more than 800 venues worldwide. You can too buy passes in many locations that provide free or discounted entry to major tourist attractions over a set period of time. But do the maths to make sure you're likely to recoup the outlay. One of the best discount booklets is Outback Mates uh, in Queensland. A one-off $20 fee gives you deals at more than 250 businesses ranging from free drinks and cheap meals to discounts on souvenirs, mechanical repairs, attraction and attractions and accommodation, including free nights in caravan parks. There's no expiry date and you can sign up online or at any visitor centre in Outback, Queensland. If you plan to visit Tasmania's national parks, the $60, $60 eight-week holiday pass Uh, is well worth it. Daily entry is $24 per vehicle, even if it's just visiting for a few hours for a picnic or a visit, a lookout. So it doesn't take long to get your money back. And senior card holders have free entry to all parks until um, when a 50% discount kicks in. But make sure you check your local, um, what is it, RACV, RAA, whatever it is, RACQ, uh, to, to find out, but uh, yeah, check it out too, uh, parks.tas.gov.au. Now, saving money is what everyone wants to do on the road, and save on the big three, which is fuel, food, and fun on any trip, really. Fuel is one of the biggest costs on any trip, and the more remote you go, the more expensive it gets. But you can save money, and if you're savvy, first off, understand your vehicle's uh, kilometres per litre, and plan fuel stops accordingly. Top up in large towns rather than regional towns, which will be pricier. It's always wise to do a quick drive around to see if prices vary by a few cents. Take advantage of alliances with the big shopping giants. Use the dockets or better yet, sign up to the rewards cards, which gives you the discount with a grocery receipt. Sorry, without the grocery receipt. You know those little reward cards that you can get, get yourself one of those. If you have the space in your vehicle or caravan, buy non-perishable food such and uh, items such as I say dunny paper, toilet paper and soap. Uh, buy it in bulk from the larger supermarkets and snap up those two-for-one deals, especially for more expensive items such as olive oil. Shop wisely too. By buying in season and Australian fruit and vegetables as, as well as food that will keep for longer. You'll also save a lot of money by making as many meals as possible. Items such as salad dressing, pizza dough and healthy muesli are easy and cost effective to whip up yourself on the road. And when it comes to fun, you can save money by spending time in nature. Go down to the beach, tackle a hiking trail or opt for a bike ride through a new town. 
Many local councils also run free activities, especially during school holidays, and an increasing number have free water parks for kids. Moonta on the South Australian York Peninsula has a great fenced water park with slides, while Queensland's Airlie Beach has popular, a popular public lagoon. If you're travelling with kids and you want to slow the pace down, many libraries too have puppet shows, arts and crafts and group reading days available on set days. So there are things that you can do, but uh, some of the little trip savers are certainly well, well worth looking at. Now, one of the great joys of camping or, or a camping holiday is turning off the phone, leaving the work day world behind you. But there is a new raft of really clever apps, means that uh, now there's good reason to keep your smartphone switched off. Of course, whether you choose to answer it if it rings, well, that's entirely up to you. Apps for camping and the adventures. So we look at the bomb, which is a rain radar, because nobody likes camping in the rain. So having access to like detailed and accurate weather information can make or break a trip. All smartphones have an inbuilt weather app, but they really only give you uh, a general forecast. The Bureau of Meteorology's free app, which is Bomb Weather, uses real-time radar images that show the direction and intensity of rain across the country to give you a real heads up on whatever weather is on its way. So check it out, m.bomb, bom.gov.au. When it comes to beach safety, uh, Surf Lifesaving Australia are the experts when it comes to knowing all about beach safety. The organisation's free Beach Safe app lists almost 12,000 beaches around the country with information on things like tides and conditions and what it's like for swimming and the services available such as if there's parking, toilets and kiosks to help you choose which beach to visit. So it's a ripper. It's called beachsafe.org.au and it's through the Surf Lifesaving Club of Australia. We use HEMA maps for direction. And maps, obviously. Google Maps is a great free navigation tool, but only works when you've got mobile phone reception, which sadly doesn't exist in many parts of Australia. Uh, HEMA Explorer is available at $49.99. It works offline and has detailed four-wheel drive tracks and bush camping spots, and you can find it at hemamaps.com slash navigate. And when you're on the road, you want to know if there's road closures. So keep up to date with road closures, uh, road and transport authorities in each state, such as Vic Roads, Queensland Traffic or Live Traffic New South Wales, all have free apps or mobile we- mobile websites with the latest information on roadworks and road closures. You can also follow them up uh, on Twitter for real-time alerts. It makes it handy too if you're towing a caravan and you're going down freeways or you want to nip off somewhere. It, it just helps you out because obviously you can't do a quick turn. It uh, just helps you plan your trip a little bit better. Four-wheel drive tips and tricks. If you're new to off-roading or nervous about river crossings, check out the videos of 4x4 experts in action in the Eureka four-wheel drive training app at 299 It also has heaps of tips and techniques to help you out a tricky situation. You can find them at fourwheeldrivetrainingcourses.com.au. Wiki Camps. This has been a cracking little app that we've had. With more than 10,000 entries, this user-generated app, it's only $7.99, details caravan parks, free camp spots, rest areas, there's portable toilet dump points and other places of interest. Users can upload photos of the campground, give it a rating and leave comments. It also, too, has some really handy features such as camping checklist, compass and satellite finder, plus a chat forum so you can ask other campers for advice. You can find it at wikicamps.com.au. TrackMyTour.com is a free, fun iPhone app that lets you map out your trip. You can add photos and share them with friends and family. There's a similar one for Android phones too. It's called TrackMyTrip. This is a ripper. 
National Public Toilet Map. For those times when you really got to go, with handy info too for disabled facilities, public showers and dump points, toiletmap.gov.au. It's a cracker. It's an awesome one. Um, first aid. One of the most important things to take on a camping trip is a good first aid kit. But do you actually know what to do if someone is seriously injured, bitten or stung whilst out in the bush? It's easy to use, even for older children, with step-by-step photographs showing you exactly what to do in a case of emergency. It's a free app, features life-saving first aid advice from the Australian Red Cross, and you can find it at redcross.org.au. So they're just some of the apps that you can use out on the road. Hey, if you've got an app that you like that we haven't mentioned, and you think it's an absolute cracker, drop me a line, fatcat at iinet.net.au. Now, Australia has some of the best beach camping in the world, but before driving onto the sand, make sure your vehicle has four-wheel drive capabilities. Sounds silly, but no, think about it. And don't even think about going off-road without a recovery kit. If you want to take advantage of Australia's epic beach camps, you'll need to drive on the sand to get there. And there's a few things to know before you simply head on down. Whether a beach is hard-packed or soft, you'll need to let your tyres down before driving on it for safety reasons. Why? Well, a deflated tyre creates more surface area, and that's ideal for sand. To let down your tyres, you'll need a tyre deflator with adjustments made once you've tested conditions. A starting point in PSI, which is pounds per square inch, should be lowered to about 25 compared to standard highway pressure of about 35 to 40. At the end of your drive, once you're off the beach, you'll need an air compressor to inflate your tyres again ready for the bitumen. Now, you can get portable compressors that plug into your vehicle's battery or devices that can be permanently mounted inside your car. Other gear you should carry includes a snatch strap, which will be an aid for pulling bog vehicles out of the soft sand. The strap should always be fixed to a rated recovery point on both vehicles that will withstand the force. A long-handled shovel is another handy tool in case you need to dig out your tyres, chassis and diff. Recovery aids such as Max Tracks provide temporary hard surfaces too to drive on. Now, it might sound obvious, but ensure you're actually allowed to drive on a beach. Many councils require permits, so check online before you go and read the signs at your destination regarding tracks and access, or visit the National Parks and Wildlife websites for detailed information. Bear in mind, some tracks do go across private land. Now, although you should never rely on the kindness of others, more experienced four-wheel drivers, you'll find the four-wheel drive community in Australia really looks after each other. If you've come across a driver who's stuck in the sand or having mechanical issues, pull over somewhere safe and check if they need help. Be willing to use your recovery tools to get new friends out of a jam and you'll find the favour is returned when and if you need it. Designated beach highways have similar rules to road highways, which means driving on the left-hand side and slowing down when people are around. This is particularly important on beaches where you're sharing the sand with swimmers and campers. Speed limits too also vary, so make sure you check those out. Don't drive over dune vegetation as it often provides a habitat for birds, lizards and small rodents and it helps stabilise the beach. Now, you can't beat Queensland's islands for beach camping adventures and Fraser Island sits on top of the list. You can reach the world's largest sand island via vehicle ferry from either Ink Skip Point or River Heads. There are plenty of camping areas among the dunes and behind 75 Mile Beach and more in designated dingo-proof campsites. Also worth checking out is North Stradbroke Island off the coast of Brisbane. There are also new eco-tents at Adder Rock Camping Ground, for perfect for glampers and travelling easing themselves into beach camping. Whilst 
WA offers a host of options. Lucky Bay is a standout situated in Cape Le Grand National Park. It's known for its white sand and turquoise water and also potential to bog vehicles on wet or dry sand, so be very wary. The sheltered bay is perfect for swimming, snorkeling, surfing and fishing, but keep an eye on the tide and a campground there overlooks the water too. Well, some camping tips. One of the more handy tips when it comes to beach camping is to pack plenty of supplies, especially drinking water. Carry enough to last the holiday or you'll have to head back off the beach and deflate, inflate your tyres again to top up. If you're sleeping in a tent or want to put up a tarp, you also need sand pegs, which are bigger than normal tent pegs and made out of plastic, not steel. When camping on any beach, never bury a campfire with sand to put it out. Doing it will leave it hot for days and could cause serious injury to unsuspecting passerbys and animals. Instead, douse the water, uh, douse the water, douse the fire with water and ensure it's completely extinguished before leaving camp. Finally, take all your rubbish with you when you leave in your beach camp. Leave only tyre prints and you'll be able to head back time and time again. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast. Hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travel podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. And there's never been a better time to get out there, discover places, things to do, plan your trip and where you're going to holiday this year. How about the Blue Mountains? For a holiday centred around the outdoors, you can head to the Blue Mountains in New South Wales to marvel at impressive rock formations, potter around in quaint villages or explore epic wilderness. The Blue Mountain Blue Mountains The Blue Mountains is about a two hour drive from Sydney. It's best known for its soaring sandstone ridge ridges blanketed in native bushland. Nestled within the wilderness lies charming mountain towns, ancient Aboriginal rock art and the iconic tourist attraction of Scenic World where a suspended cableway and the world's steepest train await. Expect to be enchanted by the natural beauty when you set foot to explore the walking tracks that loop around the valleys and craggy cliffs. You can find after-dark excitement spotting glowworms in an underground cave or indulge in a touch of luxury at a wilderness retreat. Whether it's cloaked in clouds or glowing golden in the sunset, the endless vistas of the Blue Mountains certainly will take your breath away. Things to do, you can meander around the mountains with over 140 kilometres of tracks. Blue Mountains has a bushwalk to suit everyone where you can immerse yourself in nature by climbing down the valley floor and up along the rugged escarpments where you'll find waterfalls and breathtaking views. Visit the Three Sisters. It's one of the best spots for viewing the area's most famous rock formation at Echo Point Lookout, which is also the starting point for many great walks. You can follow the easy path or descend almost a thousand stairs to the valley floor for a different perspective. So much to do in the Blue Mountains. You can discover quaint mountain towns, um, play a visit to the mountain towns of Katoomba, Lura and Blackheath to find beautiful street art, antique shops, museums, cultural centres, cosy cafes with friendly locals. And the Blue Mountains, I said, it's only two hours out of Sydney. Scenic World is a great base for enjoying the mountain's best views. Your ticket allows you to glide over the stunning valley in a cable car when you can ride the world's steepest railway, stroll beneath the forest on a boardwalk, and you can visit the panoramic lookouts. And that cable car experience, whew, it is absolutely awesome. You can also do things like scaling the, the canyons. The canyons For seasoned climbers, uh, you can hook up with Blue Mountains Adventure Company if that's something that you want to do too. But there's so much 
like to see and do. As I said, there's glow worms when you go down Janolan Caves. You can jump into them and you can check out the uh, Hydro Majestic. It's one of Australia's most historical hotels in a picturesque place to uh, enjoy an overnight uh, stay or elegant high tea. It takes in the sweeping views of the Megalong Valley and uh, the sunset bruises the sky with shades of pink, purple and blue. It's absolutely lovely. It's called the Hydro Majestic uh, Hotel. It's absolutely sensational. You can pick apples with the kids at Billpin uh, in the Blue Mountains, home of the Billpin Fruit Bowl. And uh, as I said, the Janolan Caves, the world's oldest cave system, it's uh, says to be uh, and you can do tours into the depths of the caves feel the underground chill as you pass stalactites and stalagmites hanging like icicles and lakes so clear you wonder if there's really water in there so check out the blue mountains two hours out of uh, sydney there is plenty to see and do and you can jump onto the website australia.com.au places to do um, sydney and the surrounding um, guides to the Blue Mountains. Check that uh, little website out. I'm just jumping on there right now to have a look. They can help you plan three days in the Blue Mountains. Um, you can go like places to stay at Coonawarra. Um, there's uh, Camellia Lodge, uh, Wisteria Lodge, Cherry Cottage. So you can do plenty of weekenders as well. Uh, Sydney, Mudgee and Hunter Valley is destinations not too far away from the heart of uh, the capital of New South Wales in Sydney. So check out the Blue Mountains. And sadly, we've come to the end of this week's edition of the Road Less Travelled podcast. I hope it's given you some insight into how to prepare for a trip as well as, um, I guess, Camping 101 and some little discounts and tricks and tricks tips along the way to saving a bit of money and uh, make sure that you do take advantage of those little voucher books that you do get um, and just save money where you can to make sure that you can spend some money with the kids and with the family enjoying yourself out there on the road. My name is Nikki Shea. This has been the Road Less Travel Podcast and I hope to catch you very soon on the road. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This has been the Road Less Traveled, a podcast about traveling and camping on the road. Written and hosted by me, Nikki Shea, produced by Fat Cat Media. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we'd love you to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Even better, please leave a review. Any comments or questions, please email fatcat at iinet.net.au and to be notified on the new episodes, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. We'll be back with a new episode next week. (laughs) 